Hey mom, I can't wait to continue the conversation. If you haven't already checked out the first episode on myth busting, we are covering 20 myths and misconceptions. These are the biggest ones that we see out there in the postpartum fitness space. And so we are getting into it and this is exciting. So make sure you don't miss those first 10 and then join me right here where we're covering number 11 through 20. You pumped like I am? This stuff fires me up so much. All right, let's do this. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood in uniform, with so many expectations of performing your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're gonna find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. Number 11, the myth that because she did this or, you know, my friend did this or this other mom did this, I can too. Or because she did, I should too. Because I can, I should, it's all good, right? Okay, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So you probably have seen if you're on Facebook and Facebook groups or in the mo- you know other moms communities or even military moms communities, you get a lot of, you know, we ask each other for advice all the time because we feel very alone going through these things. And oftentimes you get the some of those responses that are kind of like, oh, I worked out all the way to the end of my due date. I did. I ran all the way through the end of my pregnancy. So you'll be fine. You can too, or you should too. Or, oh, I did this at this number of weeks postpartum. So yeah, you'll be fine. You can do it. Okay. I was totally part of the problem with this. I will I will very much admit before I knew what I know now, I would admit I definitely felt a lot of pride around, oh yeah, look what I did postpartum. Look how quickly I returned and did the PT test. And now I'm like, I do not want any woman to have to go through what I did. I can tell you, I was... I completely peed my pants during that run. I was in so much pain uh, when I was taking that fitness test just at six weeks postpartum. And I do not wish that upon anybody. And now again, I'm dealing with the the long-term consequences of it. So just because we may physically be able to do something, just because we can put our body through something and it's capable of performing that demand does not mean that it's healthy for our body, that it's, it's what's best for our body, that it's actually meeting our body where it's at. It does not mean that it's respecting our body and where it's at in healing. It's that balance of how are we challenging our body to improve and progress and get back in shape again, to get fitter again? Because yes, we do have to challenge it. But we're so used to, in both the military culture and also just fitness culture in general, where we're so used to pushing through pain, pushing through discomfort to get better, right? But pregnancy and postpartum, we got to know what are those signs and symptoms we actually need to listen for and respect so that we're not crossing that threshold of, of actually harming our body. And 
re-injuring it or, or making it more complicated, setting ourselves back in healing, right? And so going back to this myth, just because somebody can or just because I can doesn't necessarily mean I should. So I help you with this in my postpartum program, for example, with returning to running, with gauging, are you actually ready to return to running? I mean, you feel good. You feel ready. You're like, I'm ready to get back out there. But, but... Maybe your body is telling you that it's not quite ready for that particular demand. So I give you a screening process and I tell you, you need to see, can your body physically perform this exercise? And Number one, so are you physically capable of doing, uh, let's just say, a plank for one minute? Can you do a plank for one minute? And then number two, can you do that without symptoms? So can you run in place for one minute? Number one, now can you run in place for one minute without experiencing leaking, without experiencing a heaviness or a bulging sensation in your pelvic floor? Can you experience it without this sense of urgency, like you really gotta pee and you can't quite control that? Can you do it without experiencing some kind of a pain where your C-section incision site is? Okay, those are the secondary questions that we need to be asking because just because you can doesn't mean that we should. And so when we look and we compare ourselves to other people, also not just, we compare ourselves sometimes to who we used to be and what we used to be able to do, right? Or even maybe what we did in a previous pregnancy or postpartum experience. But we also tend to compare ourselves to everyone else and the people to our left or right, the moms to our left or right, right? But I want you to remember every recovery journey is unique and just as every person's birth, baseline abilities, experience is different. I know this is so hard. It's, it can be so tough to kind of quiet that competitive side of us, but we really shouldn't compare our journey to others because just because one person was able to do something doesn't mean that others can or that we all should be expected to do it too. And also the other thing is that so many of us may you may outwardly see some mom doing something that's like, wow, super impressive or like, oh man, she ran all the way through the end of her pregnancy or, oh man, she, she jumped back into this, you know, fitness class or her fitness test or whatever it is, like so early postpartum, but we don't see the, the things that she's dealing with on the inside because oftentimes core and pelvic health, all those, all those complications, those frustrating symptoms we're experiencing, it's not visible to other people on the outside, right? And so she may be fighting those battles and we just can't see them. I know I was. And so again, in this season, we got to focus on what's going to serve our body best now and for the long term. So even if we're physically capable of something, we got to think about how our body is, what our body's actually ready for and how it's still in a kind of compromised state and still it's healing right now. This is so hard, but this is what I help you do through my postpartum program and through coaching. Number 12, doing more on a faster timeline means that you're going to get back to where you want to be quicker and both your you know body composition, what your body looks like, and also your performance goals. So I just want to remind you again, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And our bodies are supposed to change over time. But these kind of rapid changes and pressures that we experience to jump back into everything so quickly, to bounce back and to not look like you just had a baby after you just had a baby, it makes us so vulnerable to these insecurities, right? And to these extreme approaches to either maintain this control or to regain as much normalcy as possible. So this kind of fit pregnancy, the, the body back messaging and all of that, it can really magnify the body's dysmorphia, the unhealthy behavior that we can fall into so easily as mothers. And it can make us also overly regimented or resist how our body actually needs to be cared for in the moment and to be respected. And I think especially in the military, when we've got these body composition and performance goals, we can pursue those things in a way that also honors a sustainable, healthy process from the inside out, physically and mentally. And that's what I'm so passionate about helping you do because oftentimes that's, those are the missing links is the integrated approach. And so we need time. We need patience. We need consistency. We need acceptance also of where we're at. And then we also need somebody to understand what are all the things I want to get back to? What are all the pressures that I'm experiencing? And what are these barriers maybe that are in my way 
so that we can we can extend ourselves grace through it we can also have the tools to really work through those roadblocks and do so in a respectful way that is with love for our body that's meeting our body where it's at and is is guiding that kind of healthiest approach to our body and to athleticism as possible all right the next myth is that number 13 this is that pelvic organ prolapse if you were diagnosed with it or if you feel like you might have it that it was your fault that it was preventable or it was 100% caused by X event or this thing that you did or this thing that happened to you. So I know a diagnosis of pelvic organ prolapse or, or any other diagnosis, it can feel devastating and it can feel easy to define ourselves by that. And so many women can feel very dismissed or brushed off if you're experiencing the quality of life challenges that, that result from this, but you're not to blame. You can do everything that's considered to be right, quote unquote, and you can still experience this. You can still experience symptoms. So it's very unlikely that we can fully prevent pelvic organ prolapse or its progression it's not just about the what it's more about the how and how much and why and when and all that matters too so experiencing symptoms doesn't mean that you haven't tried hard enough or you did something wrong or there's a number of variables and factors that can affect prolapse and also our symptoms but even if we work to control all the things that we can we can't always control the outcome because it's it's also governed by our nervous system so there's a lot of factors that are kind of coming up in the research about this and we're still making a lot of progress in this field so bottom line for you and, and key takeaway here is that i don't want you to feel ashamed or like you did something wrong or that's your fault. So sometimes what we receive is a very conservative guidance from even medical providers, especially if you're not working with a pelvic health specialist, make sure you are working with one. If, if you feel like you might have pelvic organ prolapse, this heaviness or bulging sensation in your pelvic floor area, or almost like a feeling like a tampon is falling out. Or if some people are like, oh, I feel like my vagina is falling out when I'm running. Like that might sound like TMI, but it's not. So those are symptoms I want you to be mindful of if it doesn't improve after six to 12 weeks postpartum. We, we don't need to eliminate those symptoms fully before moving forward. And sometimes we are, our doctor may tell us, oh, you can't do anything. You will never be able to lift again. You'll never be able to run again. If you receive that kind of a prescription, basically, I want you to get a second opinion. I want you to seek better care because you deserve better care. And there are evidence-based approaches out there that we're not accepting no for an answer like that. And so, yes, sometimes accepting where you are and knowing that things are going to shift and change and moving forward with better support and guidance. It's focused on how do we mitigate risk? How do we minimize this? How do we minimize the possibility of it? How do we manage the symptoms we're experiencing? That can be really empowering as an approach instead of feeling like you're alone or you're, you're super limited or you're never ready to progress forward or you're not complete until there are no symptoms. So sometimes it's that nuance of we, we may be managing these symptoms for the rest of our life, but there are ways to mitigate it. And so even for me with my long-term urinary incontinence that I was experiencing postpartum with my first, it predisposes me to continue to experience that for the rest of my life. But I can tell you in approaching my rehab and my recovery postpartum the second time around, the right way, quote unquote, doing, having a much more patient, progressive return, now I can run with no problems. I go to the trampoline park with my kids and I may experience a little bit of, of the feeling of urgency. And every once in a while with certain demands, I may experience a little bit of leaking, but I would have never been able to do the things that I can do now without really knowing how to heal my body and how to manage those symptoms and also the factors that affect it. Like for example, drinking coffee or caffeine or where you are in your cycle of your period, once your period returns, your amount of sleep. There's so many factors that are actually impacting our ability to manage those symptoms. And so when you work with a, pro a professional, I can help support you in this. So can a pelvic health specialist. And we support in different ways to be very clear. We have different scopes of expertise, but 
that's that's something that you just you don't have to just live with it and you don't have to accept okay i'm never going to be able to do these things again no there's ways that we can work within the context of your symptoms and your diagnosis and the recommendations from a specialist number 14 intensity sweat soreness heaviness volume of the workout the level of discomfort or pain we're experiencing or even hitting certain metrics those are all the signs of a good workout this is absolutely a myth, and I think it's so important to bust this during pregnancy and postpartum especially. So training postpartum, especially especially in the first like four or five months postpartum, it shouldn't exhaust us. It shouldn't be running us to the ground or be painful. So again, I want you to be very mindful of signs and symptoms to look for. And if you go back to any of my postpartum uh, fitness episodes, I'm going to go through, I go through those signs and symptoms that you want to look for, but the, the gist of it is we want to be mindful of any pain, peeing or leaking, pressure in our core and pelvic floor, and then the peaking, coning, or the doming. So if you think of like four Ps, pain, pressure, peeing, peaking, it's kind of a good acronym that you can think of. And then also any lower body discomfort. So lower body injuries, it's shown in the research that it's a very big risk for postpartum because we need to rebuild that foundation in both our core and pelvic floor, but also our lower body to support the demands of running, of jumping, of all those things we want to get back to. So training should not be absolutely exhausting it shouldn't be depleting us in this season and it doesn't need to in order for it to be effective and especially in this season but really in any season of life or fitness our workouts should give us energy it should feel life-giving rather than draining and so focus on quality consistency progressions and an appropriate level of challenge and improvement over time those are some of the factors that can help you determine a good effective workout it's not how much you sweat it's not how you know hard you killed your body during your workout and oftentimes i get it we feel all that pressure again to get our body back and all those things so we want to like beat our body into submission but don't approach it in that way because it's just going to run you to the ground in a time that your body really needs to just be supported in in a, such a holistic way so this is the the balance I help you strike in a postpartum program. We're really challenging ourselves in an appropriate way, and you will feel very challenged. You will feel like, wow, I got a great workout in, but you're also going to do it in a way that is sustainable. All right, number 15 is that pelvic health symptoms means your pelvic floor must be weak. So if you, maybe it's you're experiencing leaking, maybe you're experiencing that, like I was talking about, some of the heaviness or bulging sensation. Oh, that means that you need to get stronger. You need a stronger strengthen your pelvic floor muscles you need all these kegels okay so that is a myth that i can also bust because it's based on a variety of factors so an overactive or kind of over tight what we call a hypertonic pelvic floor it can also cause symptoms it's not just weakness that could cause symptoms and so when a pelvic floor is overactive it can hold too much tension and it may not appropriately relax or coordinate to functionally meet whatever that task is at hand. So this can cause painful sex, urinary incontinence or urgency, um, incomplete bladder emptying, constipation or pain or tension surrounding the hips, low back, pelvic muscles, etc. So this is one of the reasons that pregnant and postpartum athletes may not necessarily need a stronger core or pelvic floor, especially those who tend to already carry tension in the pelvic floor. So it really does need to be coordinated to match whatever specific demand we're going to be doing, whether in exercise, just lifting your baby up off the ground, sitting up in a certain position to nurse, getting up off of the toilet or the seat, putting that car seat in and out of the car, whether it's sitting up in bed when you hear your baby crying, any of those things, we just need to coordinate the amount of tension to the task appropriately. And so this includes both the contraction and engagement of those pelvic floor muscles, 
and also the full relaxation of that system. So an individualized assessment with a pelvic floor physical therapist can be an incredibly helpful tool so you understand your body and it can form your unique approach to recovery because if you're experiencing these symptoms, all the stuff you Google is going to tell you, you got to strengthen your core, your, your pelvic floor muscles. You got to do all the Kegels in the world. And that's not necessarily going to be helpful and actually maybe even more harmful than good for you. And so that's why seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist, seeing a pelvic health specialist, and also working with a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach who is trained in these things too, um, in a little bit of a different way, can we can just really complement your healing process and help you to manage any of those symptoms you're experiencing. Okay, number 16, a fit pregnancy means that you're going to have a quicker bounce back. And exercising intensely up to my due date means I'm going to have an easier birth and recovery. So, oh my gosh, how many times do we we feel this pressure or we other people comment and are like, oh wow, you're so fit, you're probably going to have such an easy birth. So, I just want to bust that myth because of a couple different reasons. There are many factors that affect labor and delivery experience and postpartum recovery. Yes, there are ways we can absolutely prepare our body and mind for labor and control what we can control, but there are also only certain aspects within our control and some of it, the rest of it really calls for a surrender. And that's really, really hard because, you know, we, we want to like guarantee these outcomes, but these are things that are not necessarily guaranteed. So yes, we can set ourselves up for success in all the ways that we can control. And I'm so passionate about helping women prepare for birth so you can feel more confident and at peace going into your birth so you can feel prepared going into it. And you can also feel like, okay, I am controlling all those things I can control and I'm ready to surrender to God and to also whatever circumstances might arise that I just can't predict. And so we have to be ready for smart strategic adjustments to both our training approach in pregnancy and in postpartum. So pregnancy, we should be focusing on maintenance and a gradual deloading process of gradually scaling back, right? Appropriately based on where our body's at and what our goals are. That's the best way to set ourselves up for a smoother recovery and to progress while postpartum. And education is empowering. So this kind of education is what also helps us to recover faster postpartum, right? No matter what, we're going to have a rebuilding process. It's going to be humbling. We're going to be starting a gradual on-ramp process. And maybe that gap is smaller, right? If we're able to maintain that fit pregnancy, but it's not going to guarantee we're going to have a quick bounce back. So it's just better to kind of surrender to those things that are outside of our control than to try to hang ourselves up on, like try to maintain that tight grip on things that are not in our control. Number 17, another myth is that postpartum ends at six months or a year. So this is when we can be expected to have bounced back. I think it's helpful to think about, you know, postpartum doesn't have a set time frame. There's no point in time when we're like no longer postpartum anymore. It's kind of forever in some ways, right? But there are different seasons of it. And that's why we have to keep the long-term health in mind. It's super critical. There's no going back. There's only growing and moving and evolving forward. So the more we can kind of help reorient our brain less towards like, I got to get back. I got to go back to where I used to be. No, we, we can, we're meant to change. We're meant to evolve and grow and move forward, right? Like I'm moving forward into who I am now as a mother and who I want to be as a mother and what my athleticism and fitness can look like as a mother. And there's so much possibility there. It doesn't have to be going back because we're not the same person as we used to be. And that's okay. It's okay. So we got to take time to rehab an intentional patient rebuilding, you know, and a gradual progression, all the things we want to do. And that's going to enable our body to adapt, right? To get to where we want to be and continue to get even stronger and perform even higher levels than we used to before. You can absolutely be stronger, a better athlete, a more fit athlete, and more well-rounded athlete than you were even before you became a mother. 
and I feel like I absolutely am now. I can do things I couldn't do before. It's amazing. And you can too. So I just really want to encourage you in that, especially if you're in a place where you're like, wow, I'm so far from where I want to be. And I just, you're losing some hope in that you're getting discouraged in that. Okay. Number 18 is that C-sections are harder recoveries than vaginal delivery or vaginal deliveries are always better and more ideal. So this is not necessarily the case because there are so many different factors. No matter which type of labor and delivery you experience, there's going to be challenges. C-sections may be more challenging for our core. You're going to have the incision that you got to take care of. It's going to literally be closing and healing all of those layers from the abdominal surgery together, right? So early on, you're going to have a very different recovery process than somebody who had a vaginal delivery. And even within vaginal deliveries, we're going to have a range of recovery processes based on what that looked like whether you had tearing and your level and degree of tearing, you know, you may experience certain symptoms from a C-section that linger longer that you don't experience when you have a vaginal delivery and vice versa. A vaginal delivery can sometimes be harder to recover with your pelvic floor because your pelvic floor experienced more trauma through the birth experience. And also, if you went down the road of laboring through where your, your baby was progressing through your birth canal, so you're trying to go through a vaginal delivery and maybe even started pushing, and then you had to then switch over to an emergency C-section, and based on the circumstances of your time, you may experience a little bit of both kinds of recovery processes too. And no matter what, our pelvic floor experienced the load of that baby and those demands on our pelvic floor for nine months. And same thing with our core. Our core is going to have to heal. Our diastasis will have to heal no matter what. And so again, nobody's exempt from from the need to recover and heal and your specific recovery is going to look different from the person to your left or right and none is better than the other none is is smoother than the other i think what's really important to recognize is that there are challenges no matter what and there are also maybe different traumas that you experienced if your birth didn't go as you hoped or that you planned for and now you're not only dealing with the physical recovery of that and maybe a harder physical or different rec physical recovery than you expected but you're also experiencing the internal healing process that needs to happen when it didn't go as planned, right? And so I'm going to have an episode on this soon of how do we heal our heart in addition to our body from a traumatic birth experience or one that did not go as we hoped and as we planned for and as we prepared for, because I know that can absolutely impact your relationship with your body. It can impact your healing process. It can impact your postpartum experience as a whole. It can impact your relationship with your baby. Maybe you feel like your body failed you or that you failed. You were not strong enough that your, you failed your baby or that your body wasn't there for your baby in the way that your baby needed at the time. There's so many things that I've helped coach women through that are really, really hard to wrestle with, right? Those battles that we're facing internally. And I just want you to know you're not alone in any of those things and you are not a fail. Your body did not fail. I just really want you to, to feel supported in that and to feel seen and heard and to know that you are an amazing, amazing mother no matter what your birth experience looked like, okay? So we can heal. We can continue to regain that trust in our body again and in its strength and its resilience and you can continue to heal that relationship with it. It's not where you want it to be. And I think it's so important to just allow, hold space for whatever experience you went through, all the mixed emotions of that, you know, maybe the simultaneous gratitude for, okay, I had a healthy baby. I, I have this beautiful new gift of a new life, but then I also am mourning and grieving the experience I wish I had in my birth and the experience that maybe others got to experience that I, I didn't get to experience and how unfair that feels, right? So let yourself 
allow all of those emotions and allow them space because when we allow them they can move through our body they can be released versus holding them in and feeling like i don't get to experience that because then i'm I'm downplaying you know the the gift of this new life no 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 you get to you get to feel all those things and they deserve to be heard they deserve to be felt and seen and so i just want you to know that and i just want to like lift your heart up in that way and know that i'm praying for you and so again i'm gonna have an episode on this soon because i think it's so important to just talk about but i wanted to, to say that as a myth because oftentimes we have these narratives of like one is better than the other one is more worthy than the other and we, we make it mean so much about us who we are as an athlete and improving ourselves and so many things who we are as a mother i mean let go of those narratives and those messages that aren't serving you anymore and let yourself experience the depth and the complexity of all of those emotions too all right so number 19 is that postpartum return to exercise is the physical recovery is the most important thing and that's what we should focus on so no 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 there's so much more that needs to be taken into account and i hope you got the gist of that right through this podcast and through all the things that i always talk about but mental health is so deeply intertwined with physical health they deeply affect each other and we need to address the fears the the self-imposed and also externally imposed pressures you know those expectations from society those those demands from our jobs especially when we're in the military those demands from you know maybe our or the pressures that we might be feeling to get back to our fitness because of those identity shifts that are happening in motherhood the feeling like oh, i've lost who i was and and who i am and i'm trying to find myself again the lifestyle adjustments that happen the relationship challenges that happen through pregnancy and postpartum the corn pelvic health considerations you know our relationship with our baby that you know there's so much more than just like the exercise and what we are or aren't doing through pregnancy and postpartum right there's so much that is impacting our overall experience during these unique chapters and so that's why some of this process can feel so overwhelming and frustrating but it's also incredibly rewarding in all the best ways possible and so we got to learn to control those variables we can and then work towards improving or accepting those things that we can't right surrendering to the things that we can't and, and giving them to god one day at a time. So I get you, I am with you, and this is more than just about physical recovery, and I will always reinforce that to you and support you in all of those ways. Then the last one is the myth that our athleticism ends when motherhood begins. Our life, our dreams, our potential, our careers, all those things have to end when motherhood begins. That we're never going to be as in shape as we used to be. No, 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 no. Our life is not over when we have a baby. It's just beginning. We do not have to give up on all of our hopes and dreams just because we become a mother. It's not the loss of who we are in our dreams. It's expansion, the integration of who we are. We can be an athlete and a mother. We can be a professional and a mother. You can be a leader and a mother. Whatever you want to be and a mother, you can be it. And it's easy to fear losing who we are. You know, our hard-earned strength, our ability, our identity, our community, our sense of normalcy, right? Our freedom, our time, all those things in the process of becoming a mother. And yes, it requires so much sacrifice and it's so sanctifying in that. But we don't have to let this fear or desperation to like hold on to all these things that we feel like we might be losing. We don't have to let that be our focus. Our aspirations, our dreams, they don't need to end when motherhood begins. And there's so much evolution that can come and that there's so much potential and I want you to have hope in what is to come because God has so much more for you than just letting all of your dreams fall to the wayside and our desires our dreams those deep those ones that are deep within our hearts that we like don't even want to admit because we're afraid of them or we feel like it might be selfish or any of those things I feel like they might not be possible 
give them to God, like explore them with him and let him speak to you in those places because they're windows into your calling. And there's so much that we can learn, embrace so many ways to grow. That's going to serve us well through lifelong athleticism. We can maintain our fitness through, through pregnancy and the ways that we can control by making those smart adjustments to both our physical training approach, but also our mindset. And then we can also come out on the other side an even better athlete. Like I talked about, it's, it's this opportunity to rebuild an even stronger foundation and base so we can be more capable. We can be stronger, faster, more resilient, more functional, more well-rounded, and also more confident than we began and more balanced, I think, in our approach. That's what, for me, like motherhood has really helped me be more balanced in my approach to so many things in life, like letting go of this all or nothing mindset, this, you know, battling my perfectionism and so many things, right? Motherhood is a forcing function for that and wrestling with your identity and making sure your identity is grounded in the Lord because when so much is shifting, it's easy to feel like the floor is, is just like pulled out from beneath us, right? And I think when we feel like we're losing ourselves in motherhood, we find ourselves again in Christ, I think first, and or we're, we're encouraged to, we're challenged to, that's the invitation. Once he reminds us who we are in his eyes, then it helps us to build from that and we, we can become who we're called to be and who we're designed to be as a mother and beyond. So you can give yourself the permission to evolve. You continue to see like, how does God want me to dream as a mother? How does he want me to live out my call and to integrate that with my motherhood? So I am sharing the gifts that he's given me. I have talents. I have unique passions that he's given me for a reason, but I also have this beautiful baby or family that he's entrusted me with. And I got to steward that gift well, because they are so important and we don't want to be compromising what's most important, right? In the pursuit of our goals and dreams. And so it's that balance. And that's what I'm here to help you with. All right. So I pray that this served you well and that this was engaging and fun and eye-opening. Reach out to me. I would love to hear which one was most interesting to you or you had no idea about or clarified something for you. If you have not yet, please leave a review for this podcast. Again, we got to continue to fight this fight together because there's so much terrible messaging out there and I hope this helped give you an indication. These are just 20 myths that I see most often, but there are also many more. You can just see how damaging these can be, right? How much extra stress and anxiety and fear this can cause that's just unneeded in the journey. It can steal so much of our joy postpartum. And so you deserve to be able to thrive through motherhood, through your return to fitness, through your return to whatever else you need to do, you know, as you're balancing work, as you're balancing military life, as you're balancing, trying to get back to the fitness test, as you're trying to figure out how to feel more like yourself again as a mother. I'm here for you. And again, my postpartum program is a resource. It's going to bring all this together for you. So if you're there on the journey or you're getting into that chapter soon, then be sure to check it out and see if it would be a good fit for you. And don't hesitate to reach out if I can help answer any questions for you. All right. I will talk to you soon.